0: Welcome to the podcast version of 32 Bar Cut, The Show, a series for performers, about performers, made by performers. Every week, we give audition advice, share personal experiences, and sit down with fellow colleagues in the performing arts to chat about their life in the industry. If you are hearing this message, you are not currently a subscriber and will only be hearing the first half of the podcast. If you would like to hear the full interview, including the Curtain Call series, You'll want to head over to 32barcup.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on to the show.
1: I am thrilled to introduce you to today's guest. She is someone that I consider a confidant, a colleague, an extremely, extremely talented actress, and a friend. Today's guest, Stephanie Stiles.
2: Adrian, 32 bar. It's happening. It's I'm happening. Here. I'm honored. <laughs> this is the thing I love about Adrian the most is that sometimes I like. To mitch her career for <laughs> myself and and because I just think she is the greatest thing ever and I remember well first of all we should for anyone who doesn't know we had a very intimate 2019 was that the front half in that we were dressing roommates if you the second floor studio 54 was our <laughs> kingdom And we were dressing roommates in this amazing, tiny dressing room, living our best life on Broadway. And truly, like you were the thing that kept me sane. You made the crazy moments, like calm. And then you made the boring moments, which are boring moments on Broadway. Who's to say? But you made the boring moments extraordinary. So, But in between all of that, I would plan your career. And I remember, it's just like, you always gave the best advice. You had the best stories. Just like, I couldn't wait to hear about your day. So the fact that you now have a YouTube channel, it just... It's so cohesive for me. It makes so much sense. I'm here for it. I'm one of your number one fans. My merch is on the way. And I'm just, (laughs) I'm so excited about this. And thank you so much for having me here.
1: I am so excited to have you here. I remember we were talking about this concept and I was like, you were my sounding board about this and now it's all coming to life and you're one of our guests and I'm super excited. And I mean, if we're going to talk about Kiss Me Kate, like you were my rock because I was going through all kinds of stuff that no one knew about. And you were there for me listening to me my crazy mood swings and all of it like you're such a great dressing room mate
2: so great um has this been stated on the youtube channel that you were on broadway doing one of the most iconic dance numbers of all time <laughs> with a broken toe <laughs> I don't know. Jumping
1: don't know up and
0: down like 85 times on a broken toe.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know that. Oh, I God. don't. I haven't talked about it yet. And I think it's a testament to what we do as performers. Like, you don't want to call out, right? We both know what that feels like. You don't, you just, it's a hard call to make. And so I made yeah. a promise to myself because I started the show. I said, if I can sing, I will be at every show. And the only times you didn't see me was when I couldn't sing. Broken toe and all. <laughs> like, I was there.
2: Yeah, I very much feel the same way. And I think that the how I looked at it was my job was to go to work, tell the truth, tell the story and sing these notes. And at least for me the way I rationalized it is I said my job is to sing this whatever note it is. If I can't sing that note, I am not able to do the job that is being asked of me. And there's someone else amazing who can. And that is what I have to show up and do today. So that was kind of, especially for Kiss Me Kate, how I thought about that. But, oh, gosh, we, I mean, we just, we have, I have a um, a notes uh, thing on my phone of just random out of context, Adrian quotes. That is one of my favorite things ever. Unfortunately, I can't pull it up because I'm on my phone right now. <laughs> But some of those things are amazing. You out of nowhere calling that BTS is going to be a big thing. US, they're <laughs> going to be huge. Um, just like some of the greatest stuff of all time that just like the snapshot of our of our time It was incredible. And I couldn't have done it without you. I don't ever want to do it without you again. So <laughs> if people can just dream cast us in shows together, yes. there, I'm for that. We just make that happen. Stephanie, that is still by far the best closing
1: gift I have ever gotten. So, Steph, okay, so closing closing night, closing day, because it was really a matinee. Um, I walk yeah. into the dressing room just on time, because that's classic me. I was just on time. And I look at my mirror, and I set my things down, and my mirror is covered <laughs> in these cute pink and white Post-its of Quotes and I take a look at one, and it is something that I have said randomly. And all the quotes on the mirror are just random things that I have said. And it really shed a light on how random, how random we were in that room. Because, and I had no clue that Stephanie was writing all of this down. She was writing it in secret and planning and plotting this brilliant closing night gift. It was awesome.
2: And it was because, again, you gave me such sage advice during that time. You also, you know, we talked about our lives. But then there were just the random <laughs> things that that would only ever been to the dressing room out of contents, just just kiss of gems of words <laughs> and. No, that was really, really fun. And I I'm just I'm so glad we had that time together. And I'm I'm so I miss our button rug. We had a button rug that was Ooh. to us from another, it was the momentum rug vibes, but we had a good time. I um getting ready for this, I was like, oh, what can like I do my oaths to Adrienne? Cause I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing this blue dress because And floral, honestly, because Adrienne obviously has an incredible sense of style. But like, just how we like have our favorite Spice Girls, my favorite Adrienne is when she does like very coordinated, cohesive looks of color in that it pops a color, but like head to toe, cohesive, coordinated. Um, We have the orange number that I love, the orange scarf, orange dress. The day of the Tonys, which this is a funny photo if this is ever uploaded. (laughs) The day of the Tonys, Adrian is wearing... Okay, we have like 4 a.m. callers, something (laughs) wild. Full makeup, full everything. Radio City, go rehearse, come back, have two seconds, do a matinee, more rehearsal, Tonys. I throw clothes on my body that are... (laughs) I don't know what they are. They're just clothes. Adrian looks unbelievable. I believe you were wearing a button up long sleeve floral dress (laughs) and then definitely an accent color scarf. It was unbelievable. Anyways, I'm wearing blue with blue nails, my blue Kiss Me Kate ring in homage to you. And in a way, you are wearing black, which it was my go-to. Just throw this on my body with leggings. <laughs> yes.
1: I love that. I, I I love the simple black with tights and those Nike sneakers. That was Stephanie's look. That was Stephanie's look. And you listen, made it look in cute. In and out. In and out. You made it look cute, so I Listen. Kiss Me Kate was your Broadway debut. And what was, what was the audition was. like? What was, I mean, you know, like, walking in, Scott Ellis, Warren Carlisle Was was Jim and Yanni there? I can't remember. Was he in there?
2: My first audition there too was, yes, it was truly shortest auditions of my life. I was living in LA at the time and had flown in for the audition. I had to sing the end of always true to you or the beginning, no, the beginning, the whole beginning up until like the, I don't even know if it was all the verses anyways. And then I had to do two scenes. I went in, I did the scenes, did the song. I remember I made them laugh at one point. Gemignani, uh, Scott was definitely there. And I think Warren was there. I think Warren was there, did it. And then I was only in town a short amount of time. And I remember there had been some talk right at the last second when I landed in New York if I could stay the next week. And I couldn't because of something in LA. So I said, no, like I stayed here the whole week hoping that this would, you know, be a week long thing. And they had said originally going to be one. So then I, th- I did my audition. The only thing they said was you leave Saturday. And I was like, yes. And they're like, can you be here Wednesday? And I was like, yes. And then I left and that's the only time in my life where anyone has ever asked me in the room to coordinate like another audition. Like normally that's something you wait to hear your agents and you call and they call you. So I left and then they were like, yes, come back on Wednesday and dance. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to need to go dance. And so I thankfully had brought my Leducas with me, but I remember they broke and I was like, oh my God, my Leducas have broken. I need to go to Leducas and get these fixed." And, um, and so then I went on Wednesday and danced for, or I did my original edition again, but they taped me for the Cole Porter estate, which is something I'd already done before because of Roman holiday. And that was Cole Porter. Cause so I guess if you do a Cole Porter show, and you're a principal, you have to be approved by the estate, I think is something. And so I'd done that before. I mean, you, that's probably, you did the same thing. And um, then did the same thing, did it exactly the same, no notes or anything, which I normally like getting notes and feedback. I don't know about you, but like, I love that in an audition. Mm -hmm. So so didn't get that, then went and learned the combo and... I learned, like, I think I learned too darn hot with just, just me, Warren Carlisle. And I, I remember I, it was just me. It was just me. And I would say dance is my least threatening threat of the triple. And um, yeah, so I did that and I did my best. I did my best. And, um, But, you know, Bianca, Lois Lane was not in that number in the final production. And I think we know why. But, um, yeah, it was great. I did that. I remember I was wearing this, like, suction bra. And I was getting all sweaty. Like, the suction bra was coming off. So I had to, like, fish it out and, like, put it to the side. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, and then I did it. And they all watched me dance. And then I went home. And the next day, I was walking to meet my friends at the park. And I got a call that I was going to be on Broadway and I was a happy, happy mess.
1: Oh my gosh. I bet that was so exciting. So then you, did you get to tell your friends right away or did you have to hold off or?
2: I think my friends are in the biz. Okay, And um, so they, I did end up telling them they knew something was up because normally I eat very clean yet I decided I was meeting the part and I happened to be by the plaza and I thought you know what like I'm I'm gonna go get me some something from the plaza <laughs> and I went to the plaza and they have these like really thin like crepe cakes and I thought, you know, I'm meeting my girlfriends in the park. Like, I should just get a box of like these things. And so I got all these, these like sweets and I brought them to the park and I just started like chowing down and they're like, something is up because like <laughs> I was eating gluten and dairy and normally I don't eat gluten and dairy. And I was like, I'm just, guys, I guess I'm going to be on way. Yes. And it was, it was, it was, what, where were you when you found out? Cause were you, where were you when you found out about Lion King?
1: I was at the airport. It happened so fast. Yes. Like it was a, I had my initial audition uh, with a tape and then I flew in and Stephanie, I did everything wrong. You know, like I wore the wrong shoes. <laughs> I wore I, I took the train in the wrong direction. And when I showed up to the movement call, she was like, why are you late? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I don't live here. And, you know, but um, I left that movement call for, Took took off to the airport, and by the time I got off the air train that takes you to JFK, uh, I had a voicemail from my agent. And so I was in the airport, and I think the first person I told was like an airport attendant because I was crying at the the um, air train like check in thing with the metro card. I don't know what it's called. I was crying, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I am very much okay. Like I it just had really great news." So it's, it's like, it's such a life-changing moment, right? It's your Broadway debut and, and nothing can top that, that, that first time, I think.
2: I also, I don't know about you, but I'm, you were a theater kid. Like you liked theater as a kid, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Adrian. Oh yeah. I remember this. You know know this. Right. You know this about me. You don't me. know anything about Broadway. <laughs> but you, did you? But did you? You liked performing, at least. Well, I
1: was a choir kid, so I did all the oh, chorals. No, now
2: it's all coming back to me. SSA, SA
1: TV. That's right. I am a total like. Um, I don't wanna say imposter, but I've kind of just snuck in between the cracks <laughs> and I'm like hanging out with everybody. <laughs> but you you remember this because we did that we did that event for Kelly oh. and I didn't know who I didn't know <laughs> who the accompanist was. And you were like, Are you serious,
2: Adrian? <laughs> I was like, You don't know who Seth Rudetsky is. Yeah. Adrian. <laughs> Adrian um, I no, I my favorite thing about you is that yeah this is something I know like I know this about you but I just I don't know I think of like I don't know I just like in my head I have like you in a dance outfit as a kid being like but I know that maybe doesn't exist but in my head I have that in my version like you're a little before well this is all to say that for me I took my first theater class when I was four so since I was a kid My dream was to be on Broadway. That was, I guess, just how one would phrase the peak of what we do, right? Like that is, who's to say if it is? Like, I know that's like a whole nother conversation, but much like I'm sure if someone is in finance, they go, I want to be on Wall Street. Like, (laughs) I feel like this is, it it was something when I was younger. And I think a lot of people when they're younger, they maybe want to be, you know, a princess. And that's not really achievable for most people. And it was wild to have the thing that I've wanted since I was four actually follow that through and have it happen. So that was why I was asking. I was like, were you a theater kid? But you weren't. <laughs> the amount of times I have told Adrienne she needs to sing certain songs or be certain parts. And she's like, "Um, what is this? Like, I need to look this up. <laughs> you had one whole audition process while we were in Kiss Me Kate that I was like, Even if you don't want to be in this, I need you to be in this. (laughs) We we had so many times where I was like, I need you to do this for me, even though you might not want to actually do this. But yeah, so that was what was wild about that. And then your audition process for Kiss Me, Kate, I just remember you, weren't you like, I'm going to read these lyrics or I might not read these lyrics. (laughs) And they were like memorized lyrics. I said something
1: so silly. And that's what always catches me off guard Like, in auditions, I have no censor. I should have some type of censorship over myself, but I guess I'm so nervous that everything just flies out. And so I made a little cheat sheet because the lyrics was, it felt like a patter, it's not a patter song, but it feels like it because it's just like, hey, you know, lyric to lyric to lyric for another opening. And that's all they had me do. I didn't have to do a scene. They would just like, come in here, sing a couple of verses of another opening, Finish it with a high note at the top and leave. So I was like, it was the oddest audition I ever had. Everything else, they required a lot more of me. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get this. So I made a little cheat sheet and I walked in and tried to sing the lyrics without looking at the cheat sheet. And totally got off course. And I said, well, I made this cheat sheet and I didn't use it. And they all started laughing. I was like, was that funny? Okay, good. It was funny. All right, moving on. And so then they gave me another chance to do it again. And then they were like, oh, that was great. All right. And then I had to go in like, I think that was a Monday. Because it was a day off. Yeah, it was Monday. And then I went in on Wednesday at 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, it's so early. Because the final note was an A. But, uh, Right. So I actually went to the park and walked Bella, my dog, and walked around the park singing the song to warm up and then hopped on the train and went or whatever. And then I got there and Incredible. sang for them. And Warren was there and he was so lovely. And uh, Scott Ellis got up and gave me a hug. And I was like, okay. And I walked out and that was it. And I think I found out a couple of days later, but it was so weird. It was so short. It-
2: It was very odd in the grand scheme of, I'm sure, all the auditions that we've been on. It was really cut and dry. It was really quick. It was like in, out, maybe a laugh and good to go. I think think it's that, and they had said, I think Scott said, you know, when it was just one of those things that he was looking for these people and when he saw the people, he saw them and we just happened to be the two people that fit their puzzle piece of their version of Kiss Me Kate. Yeah, because so, they had done
1: the reading a did. couple of
2: years before and they only
1: had a few roles to fill. A lot of our cast was from that reading. So it's just yeah. really cool that you and I got to share that experience together, you know? And I, I feel like we make it, such a good duo in that way. Just like you said before, like listen. if somebody casts us in another show together oh man it's gonna be so fun
2: <laughs> it was it's it i mean listen i i could go off now and be like what what do we need to be what can
1: we, we do? need you to be, be like okay. galinda and i'll be elphaba done
2: like, done Love that hello Is, <laughs> do you know guys and dolls well enough uh you're like no <laughs> you're like Stephanie, no <laughs> I'm like because we have to figure out who we'd be in Guys and Dolls. You okay, know, someone's usually a Sarah. Someone's <laughs> usually an Adelaide. And that's a good one for us. But um, so we'll we'll have some. But no, we had really good um, dressing room energy. I think I read somewhere recently. And this could totally be because you're a Cancer, right? I am
1: through and through. You Our Cancer, yeah. Cause like
2: because it was like the Cancer Libra. I feel like we're good. We're both like good homemakers. So like it was very. It's like we ended up, and like we had our beautiful, like my side was all like, it was very alpha, of Glinda, and that like <laughs> your side was like very like, rituals, very like Zen, very like, yes. yes. And mine was like, Rica. yeah, yours was, somehow yeah, they right. came together.
1: It was <laughs> somehow awesome. Somehow I felt like together. we had good vibes in that room, and we, it was uh, a place of peace. And if you needed something, I kind of felt it and I felt like if I need, if I needed something, you felt it, it didn't have to be said,
2: which is the one I loved. No, it was, it was great. It was, it was always, we always felt it and there was always coconut water. Yeah. When in doubt. Yeah. When in doubt. That was life. Hydrate. Um.
1: So I kind of want to talk about this because I know that some folks that are listening might not know, like, the ins and outs of what we face as performers with rejection or even just with disappointments. Like, you might think that something's a sure thing and then things fall through and it doesn't happen. So originally, you were cast in Roman Holiday... And that was going to be your Broadway debut. You did the out-of-town run. It was set to Broadway. And then it didn't happen. So what was that experience like?
2: Well, it was interesting because I learned really early on on moving to New York because I had a similar situation, but different in that I had auditioned for a revival of Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and got it. But then the production never happened. But that was going to be straight to Broadway. Mm. And then, but I got that call, like, you got Broadway. And then, um, actually, to be fair, I got a call being like, you've got this, but there's something, I, the dates of this made change. It just was, it, I never got, like, a, you got Broadway. I was walking to the plaza that yeah. one time. But, um, and then, so that didn't happen, but I, I learned, I was like, whoa, that was lucky anyways. Like, that was my first, like, one of my first auditions in New York City. I'm lucky, lucky to have even been there. Um, And then, but I always thought like, oh, everything comes for a reason. Like somehow this will work out in the end or something. Then, you know, I did some shows and then I got Roman Holiday, which was truly one of the greatest times of my life. That cast and that story and living in San Francisco was just, it was one of the most beautiful times of my life. I get nostalgic thinking about it. And doing that show was amazing. And, um, but I learned a lot. It was my first time, you know, I guess it was it like originating a role in a musical out of town. I was lucky in that it was Cole Porter. So, all these songs were, you know, I wasn't totally learning completely new songs every night. They had to have existed before. So, and Cole Porter's generally easy to learn. So, that was like a whole process and that was like an a wild audition process where i did a lot of things sang a lot of songs had to do a transatlantic accent like all of these things and then yeah but they were that was billed as a pre-broadway engagement uh in san francisco and i did like uh, interviews where people were like how is it going to feel to be on broadway and like oldest dream i'm so excited and then it didn't happen it didn't get a theater you know there's so many things involved and that I, I remember being very disappointed because I loved it so much. Looking back, I'm like, so glad it was this beautiful little thing that happened that some people happened to see. And, um, and I learned a lot about myself as a performer doing it. And I think that, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but I think at that point, I've been obviously. I've been. I did my first show when I was six professionally. The thing that is force fed to us from day one, whether my day one is I'm six and your day one is you're 20 and playing Nala or whatever that was, <laughs> but um, you're like, I, I just it, it, disappointment. Be prepared to be disappointed. Be prepared that things are going to be tough. Be prepared to be constantly told no. So it was very interesting in that I kind of, in my head, thought that the no's and the disappointment would be glaringly obvious all the time. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. you didn't get this role in this audition. It was, but it made sense when I realized, oh no, there can be no's up until the last second. There can be no's until you could, knock them wood, be in a show and get injured or something. Like, you just never know. And so... That was just definitely disappointing, but it propelled me to you know take a different route. And you know the that season on Broadway had already been fully cast, and I hadn't auditioned for anything because I had been in this other show. So I was like, "Why don't we go try pilot season in LA?" Like I had nothing else to do, and that was really scary and really like out of just like I never take risks like that, just going to a new place and trying things out. But I went and I got so lucky, and I got a pilot again pilots often don't get picked up. This one didn't, but I learned so much and it was still one of the best moments of my life. So, and this is, I'm running on, but it's like the person who cast Roman Holiday casts Roman Holiday, casts Kiss Me Kate. Mm-hmm. So the office, you know, Carnahan and all of them, like they, they, you know, had believed in me my whole career. And finally I felt, it felt so right that my Broadway debut was one of their shows that they were casting and roundabout had given me my New York off Broadway debut and a play I did with them. So I loved roundabout and the Carnahan office. So it all kind of felt meant to be, or at least, you know, the journey made sense. So that was, that was really an interesting thing, but I think, you know, it's good to deal with disappointment and, and all you know, shapes and form, but it made me even more grateful for my final Broadway debut. But also, and I don't know if you felt this way about Kiss Me Kate, going into a show like Lion King that is so, like, you know it's a hit. You know that, like, every show is a hit. Like, Monday, I don't care. Tuesday through Sunday, Lion (laughs) King is incredible. And that you're going to the show that is this well-oiled machine. You are literally a Disney princess. And, uh that you're getting to be a part of the thing that, you know, works, you've done it, you did Broadway, you did eight shows a week, you knew how it was, but then you open your first show on Broadway, having kind of had like the, oh, I know how to do this jitters out, but still having like your first, okay, your first like gypsy robe, your whole legacy robe and all those things you had for the first time. Yeah. I like, how didn't was that? know any
1: of that happened. You you saw me taking it all in. Like, I, I got to the theater a little later than I wanted to. I mean, I was early for the call, but I didn't know that there was so much, for lack of a better phrase, pomp and circumstance. Like, I didn't know that there was so much to an opening night. I thought that all of that happened after the show. I didn't know that there were so many ceremonial oh, things before we actually yeah. went on stage. So my getting there early was just, oh, let me put my gifts out and and sit down and get ready. And everyone's like, okay, come downstairs for the legacy robe. And I'm like, what? And there's a speech and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so magical and powerful. So I I mean, just like my entire career, I learn as I go and I'm figuring things out as I go. And um, because I wasn't a theater kid, I think there's so much about uh, the culture of Broadway that I'm still absorbing and learning and celebrating and enjoying kind of like in a childlike way because it's so new and fresh for me. Um, But speaking more to what you said about discovering that it all worked out for your better good. You know, just like it it was, it may have been somewhat disappointing or a little bit of a letdown to not do Roman Holiday, but it seemed like it all worked out just the way it was planned for you. And sometimes that happens for us. Like you don't know when you're experiencing it, but then when you look back, you're like, this happened just the way it was supposed to happen. And it just lined everything up for you.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a very positive, optimistic person. You are. And there are definitely, time, there are definitely <laughs> times in my life, I mean, we've had them in our dressing room where I was just like, nope, now's the time to be negative. <laughs> and, um, and I think, you know, this whole, like, everything happens for a reason, like, it's all meant to be. Like, I know those can be, like, saccharine and, you know, very cheesy, but it does, it, it sustains me. Mm-hmm. I think it's the thing that, you know, keeps me going. And I think we all have our versions of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm all for being very disappointed <laughs> and very eating a pint of ice cream, <laughs> dairy-free or full of dairy for like a good 72-hour period after major disappointments. And then it's about, okay, like, how can we, let's keep on going, let's pivot or what did we learn from think that... I'm really glad Kiss Me, Kate was my uh, Broadway debut because I think I learned a lot. And I felt very... uh, Lois was a part that was just, like, such a gift. Like, her numbers are so great. And it also, like, I loved doing a show with the greats. Like, doing a show with Kelly and Will, like, they are royalty. Mm -hmm. And so doing a show with them was really great and being led by them. But then also having you to like, like (laughs) giggle with, like (laughs) on the side, being like, that was fun.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, it was. I, I also feel like you got that taste of pilot season. And so then you were able to walk in confidence when you went out for some more TV and film roles. Like a a lot of friends I have that have, you know, gone from auditioning a lot to finally booking something and then booking a little more. Your confidence grows with each one of those yeses, you know, or those maybes or pins. And so last year, you got the opportunity to debut on NBC with Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is amazing. So what was was the audition process like for that? Was it speedy and quick, like Kiss Me K was a little drawn out
2: that, you know, what's so interesting about that is I haven't, I don't know if I like talked a lot about my Zoe's audition. It was so random (laughs) in that it was, you know, I had moved moved back out to LA for like a little bit of time. And it was one of those things where I'd heard about this show and, um, that it was coming and it was happening And then I got the audition and it was at a time when, much unlike now, when there (laughs) were a lot of auditions and, um, and, and it just, you know, came across my desk was like, this is something you can go in for. And I looked at the breakdown and, um, and this is like an interesting thing that I know we've talked about because you were, there was a time where you came into the dressing and you were like. I have to do this assignment for something. You were like taking a course or something and you had to come up with like, what are parts that that already exist in television film that like you could play and things like that. We've talked about type and like how type isn't even really a thing and like, what is that? But uh, there was something about this breakdown that despite her being this very like zen, I think it said moonbeams and rainbows type of uh, wildflower uh, that... It had some adjectives about her that were ones that I often see in descriptions of things that I book. And uh, I was, so I kind of went, oh, well this one might be like one I could get out of all of these that are like very different for me or whatever. But the audition, they said, prepare these three scenes, prepare, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. (laughs) And an angsty rock song of your choice and a 30-second dance. Like, dance. A 30-second dance? A 30-second dance. And I had just moved back to L. And was like, oh, I can throw those leducos back in the closet. I won't be having to dance anytime soon or sing. And of course, I'm like popping the recolas back out, like <laughs> being like, oh god, here we go again. Um, but so I, you know, memorized the scenes. I, I think, thankfully, they had said. Cause I was like, I can never sing. I want to dance with somebody like that is asking, you know, it's like singing a Mariah Carey song, like just these people who have voices bigger than the solar system. And, um, but they thankfully had said like, it needs to be sad and moody. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do a sad version if I want to dance <laughs> with somebody. And then I had this angsty rock song that I randomly learned in college once for something. So I had that. But then they had the 30-second dance. And I knew the choreographer's name, Mandy Moore, Emmy winner, Mandy Moore. Um, she's an incredible choreographer, has done a lot on You Can Dance, etc. She did La La Land, like incredible work. So I kind of knew what her stuff looks like. And I knew she was really big into storytelling. And so I said, for this 30-second dance, I need to choose a song that is very uh, descriptive, you know? And so I landed on, what did I choose? Uh, say a little prayer for you. Nice. So like I choreographed a dance, 30 second long dance. That was very much like, everybody I wake up, <laughs> I'm going put on my makeup. But then like I had like dancing, like kicks. And I did like a, foot, fu- not a day, but like a, what are those called? Uh, all the Tom, Dick and Harry guys. Right <laughs> but you know, I just did like, I did like a little chorus line, but I all did it while like, I was like, say a little I think it was like say a little prayer so like I did like prayer and you know put on my makeup and did like all the acting things so knew this was a show about real life people that happened to like their heart songs what they were feeling is how they manifested in like dance so it was very pedestrian but then also very emotional so i did that. And like, I had to play it on my phone, like in the room. So then I go to the audition, just sitting in the waiting room, wildest waiting room I've been in a really long time. And then that <laughs> that it was the waiting room was like Zoe's, some lawyer procedural, and then American Horror Story. So everyone auditioning, the most different looking people, <laughs> but also dressed very specifically, like they had all the girls on that were like, we're Moonbeams and rainbows. And then there were like men in suits. And then there were people like American Horror Story. And so it was very, it was very, it was a really fun room Um, that I just went in. I did the scenes, I did the songs, I did the acapella, and then I did the dance. And it was an audition where we talked a lot in the room. There was a lot of talking in between things, just about life and things. And when I, I do think my dance is what it might've sealed the deal. And I actually have been told in retrospect that my dance was a part of me getting this part in that, you know, I just, I think that was a lesson of, you know, you're presented with 30 second dance. You're like, what? And I, from what they were saying in the room, I think a lot of people went in and either like really danced or just kind of like bopped around for a little bit, like moved and, any of those could have been right for a totally different audition. But this was one where I did the research. I knew this was Mandy Moore. I was like, okay, this is kind of what it looks like. And I really practiced this dance. Like, And um, and I had time, so that was great. But the way they reacted to the dance, I think was as though they hadn't seen anyone put it, that amount of thought into it that day yet. Or maybe someone had, I don't know. But like, that was what it seemed. And I remember leaving that audition being like, Huh. I wonder if I'm going to be in Vancouver in a few weeks, and then I and then it was one of those things where I think they called a few people who were like, "Do you know this girl?" Like, we're thinking of hiring her. So I started to hear like trickles of people being like, "Hey, I just got a call about you." And then, sure enough, I got a call one day that I was going to be in Zoe's, and then I was going to be off to Vancouver on and off for the next three months, and it was amazing it was so fun and great
1: oh my gosh I love that story I because I missed this you know like if you had had that experience I, when we were together I would have heard the whole thing
2: so I it. you would have seen the dance oh yeah I
1: would have seen the dance you would have
2: <laughs> you would have been like I'd be like Adrian, is this a good dance is this looking good like what do you think <laughs> this was this was like my essay a little prayer for you that was this someone taught me in high school that I stole from all the cheerleaders I love it But yeah so like that that was I think you know the auditions that stick out to us sometimes are the the really wild ones or things like that happen I think mostly I don't know if you do a lot of commercial I feel like commercial auditions are always the one where you have to do something super random but yeah this was one of those where I had to do a 30 second dance I don't know if they still do that I wonder if they still do that for Zoe's but um like so, I haven't heard that they've had to do that, but I mean, it was great in that I ended up dancing in that show and I'm glad that they saw what I could do and they were really great and collaborative, making us all look and feel very comfortable. But it is funny that, again, as my least threatening of the triple threats, <laughs> I somehow find myself dancing with Corbin Blue and Rick and Will and, you dancing, killed it. and
1: dancing in Newsies. I'm telling you, Stephanie, the way they were whipping you around on Tom, Dick, and Harry, like you killed it. And Zoe's playlist, so good. So good. The way you let him know. Well, you're going to be on it next. Oh my gosh. Right, right, right. Well, okay. I won't speak speak ill. I won't speak ill of myself, but I'm just, I'm trying to give you accolades. Let me give you accolades. You shined in that show. You were so great. And what's funny about Autumn is that I think people who may not know you may think that you're all like, you know, flitty and everything, but you're not. You're very structured and ordered and you have uh, organization to your life, you know, like you're timely, you're, you know, you're not the girl that's going to get lost at the beach and then be late for an appointment, but that's just not you. So it's funny to see you play this character who's, you know, you know, squirrel, you know, that's just... It's funny, but I think you do a great job. <laughs> you, do a fa- you do a fantastic I, well, autumn.
2: And I think that that is, I would be anxious where you are on your journey with this sort of thought. In that one of the words that autumn that kind of was like, oh, was it said that she was, you know, she was very zen, she's this hippie or whatever, but she, she is very innocent and she's like a romantic. Mm. And I think this idea of whether it's innocence, or it's newness, but um, that is something that has kind of followed me in my roles, even with the most uh, intelligent of women that I've played down to the Lois Lane, what we say, ignorantly blissful, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's something that followed these characters in that Lois was so new, like, I can like see myself like walking on the stage being like, wow, this is a stage, Like <laughs> like new to the environment, and Autumn, looked at everything like it was new. Like she did see, you know, a rainbow and an oil spill. Like she saw, like she looked at the world in with this childlike, like wonder. And I think that was something I kind of keyed in on. And then, you know, Lois and even Roman Holiday, that is someone, this princess who's never gets to leave the palace gets to visit Rome for once. And so so much, there's so much newness. And, and I don't like to think of type as like ingenue, best pal, like those things. It's more of like, Maybe an essence, and I've definitely played roles that aren't innocent. It's like Lois Lane is not an innocent, mm-hmm. but there is this quality about her that is new and in awe, and, and maybe just like very you know,
0: Adrian and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the show thus far. If you'd like to hear the full interview and get access to The Curtain Call, head on over to 32barcut.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video collection and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Alright, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.